Blog Talk Radio. Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. Here we are. We go. We're taking it. We take it away. <laughs> I feel we should always say that. For some reason, it's like we got it. We're taking it now. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, this is this is a wondrous event. It means that we are we are alive. Uh, live taping, obviously. I, I find that interesting. Um, but uh, how is the 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 way the week has gone for you, my dear? It's definitely you know. Gearing up for holidays and all. Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, things are really busy right now. Um, it's been a good week, you know. Some some regular life things returning. My my schedule kind of returned back to normal this week, even though I still have some things to make up for due to the fires and everything. And somehow I triple booked myself for something next week that I still have to sort out, but whatever, that's fine. Mercury retrograde, <laughs> whatever. And yeah. today my, my partner and I spent the day, um, we, I rented a, um, uh, a share workspace in um, a little town nearby where they have like a shared office, you know, like people who work from home or don't go to an office every day, like, you know, make a membership and they go to this office. So they're not like alone in their house all day long. Uh, and they have conference rooms. So we rented one of the conference rooms and spent the day planning and brainstorming for milk and honey's year next year. So it was very, um, productive but it was also a lot of talking and numbers and planning and stuff and so I'm a little brain dead now (laughs) so it'll be interesting to see how this call goes but yeah it's been a good week and I'm actually going out of town this weekend to spend a couple of days away before like the real insanity of the holiday season begins so I am looking forward to that to getting away for just a couple of days and breathing how are you? Ah, uh, that's good. How am I? Well, you know, it's um, it's interesting. During the entire time that all the intensity of the experiences of the fire and the shutoffs and everything, you know, I went through it and I felt, you know, I was I was handling it. But then, of course, like most of us, uh, last week, you know, the you know, the the last week before this one, we all kind of, we all were feeling tired and uh, somewhat spacey and all. I noticed that this week my body aches and it's not the flu and it's not that. It's, it's a lot of that tension that's still draining out. And it, it bothered me. It sort of scared me a little bit like, 
oh, God, is there something wrong? And then um, I started to do some yoga poses and exercise a little bit, and then I just finished going today to do some cardio at the gym, and I feel clearer and more, you know, like my, my brain and I and my body all are, are getting focus and, and all. And it was pretty, mm-hmm. you know, scary there for a while because even driving home at the dark of the night, you know, because now it's when I leave work it's 5 o'clock, but it's, it's on the verge of darkness, so by the time you get halfway home, it's dark. And I just happened to decide yeah. on Wednesday that, Something fell through, and so I was going to go home. So instead of going home the way I normally do, which is River Road and Redwood Highway and kind of up over Sinead and into the Rincon Valley, which suddenly has become gridlocked. I mean, all the way down River yeah. Road into, I mean, not all the way, but probably Fulton and then in to Redwood Highway in Santa Rosa to probably just past Bicentennial, it's gridlocked. And so I was going, well, what can I do? So I decide I'm going to go 116 to Guerneville Road. Well, that particular day was the tragic accident of the motorcyclist who ran around the end of the smart train and hit the last car, exploded, oh, blew up, no. and obviously had a big fire. And so, of course, they were dividing it. So yeah. I'm literally at... Fulton thinking, you know, maybe I should turn left and go to Pinder and come, you know, my brain was trying to re, I just had a feeling and then I didn't listen to it and I got stuck in gridlock with the people that are being taken and sent off to Dutton and then around and it was, it was, a, it was like I got home ready to chew nails and spit them out. I was just so frustrated, but mm-hmm. that being said, you know, I mean, again, that was part of it it's almost like that was the culminating explosion and then I could I kind of feel like I've seeped out all the other stuff now so um but it's been productive I've had a lot of clients of course I've also had several clients that I have been very just like um, drawing lines with you know like giving you know it's, it's definitely the mercury retrograde and kind of like enough repetition yeah. Same thing, not you know, not because I'm being mean, but because it's not getting anybody anywhere, and it's frustrating when you're trying to help somebody when they keep running against the wall and hitting it and going, "How can I break through the wall? Can I hit it again?" And you're like, "No." <laughs> but, you know, then finding humor in the whole process. But that's been my week. It's been good. It's been productive financially. It has been very good uh, emotionally. I've been able to kind of get back on track. And now, of course, looking at the holidays, I'm ready to go, ah, you know. And, and Yeah, you know, pretty much. You know, because I guess this year with all that's happened, it's almost like normally we get ramped up and we kind of, there's like this, this movement. And it's been so broken that it's almost too jagged right now to, to to do the things we've normally done in progression. So I don't know. We'll see how this holiday actually fleshes out, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yep. but anyway, you know, it, it definitely presents us with I don't know, some real interesting concepts of what what becomes important and how many conversations a day we have with people in any form of what people found was the most important thing out of all of what was happening that they felt they needed to um, take or leave or remember Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So there we are. That's, you know, kind of where it's at and, um, with my dogs are happy. They just go, hey, Mom, can we just lie on top of you and, and just give you a bunch of love? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go for it. So, And I gather that it's now freezing and slightly snowing in Arkansas. So um, I was talking to my daughter and I said, well, it was a dusting, Mom. It was a dusting. I'm going, oh, okay, fine. So what, <laughs> I may actually have a really white Christmas which is kind of right, you know. 
But anyway, yeah, so that is not something topic, I will have. No, well, you know, unless you want to go to the <laughs> snow somewhere, this area doesn't quite perk into that. <clears throat> At least it no. hasn't. I was actually mentioning something that we did have snow, and Fountain Grove was actually closed because there had been snow that they could, you know, you couldn't travel it. Um, back a few years ago. It's been a while since that happened, yeah. Yeah, so, but, you know, who knows, just, you know, what may go. And I was actually impressed. I drove past El Molino into, you know, Kobe and, and of course, Lucky Mojo, and for some reason, even though I read it in the paper, I'm looking, I'm going, why are there no cars in the parking lot? And then all of a sudden I, I was driving a little farther, and there are all the ticket signs because the West County oh, that's right. um, are picketing. And, you know, Emily right. and El Molino and another high school county area. And I was just like, oh, wow, look at that. I mean, I was impressed. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. So. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like today they've settled the the um, dispute and they're, uh, ah. they've reached an agreement, so that's good news. Good, good. Yeah, I know. I didn't, since yeah. I didn't go in, I didn't know any farther. I know they said they were still picketing on Thursday, but, you know, it's good that they finally yeah. came to an agreement and, you know, put that in. So, so our topic for tonight. Yes. It's right, Lilith. I'm impressed. Lilith. I like you know, Lilith. You know, back at my <laughs> aunt on my father's side was named Lily, and boy, did she, you know, if you look at what the, the ambiance of this, this particular deity is, I'd go. I always thought, without knowing Lilith or any of the things about that, but growing up with an aunt named Lily um, and her behavior, it, boy. Mm-hmm. Definitely, she mm-hmm. she really put her all into <laughs> that that name, and um, in the positive way. Now, as we revision it and see what you know, take away some of the bullshit, but she definitely yeah. fit into that mold in a yeah. time, you know, when the early 1900s and she was growing. You know, that was when she was. You know, that was not part of how you handle things. So. Anyway, do you want to jump in yeah. since I have to plug for you as much as you'll plug for yourself? Is that, you know, your book, What is Remembered <laughs> Live, actually has Lilith as one of the deities that you wrote about. And I was, I read That's it. Right. I was really, like, I know this woman. Look at what she did. It's beautiful. And there's my plug. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, Lilith is You're one welcome. of the deities that, that I um, talk about or write about, whatever. Yeah, I uh, I find Lilith to be very interesting as a deity because that's really not her origin. Um, and her origin, from a historical perspective, is murky. Um, so, you know, I, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but, I, I'll, you know, it's my prerogative. I'll repeat myself. Um <laughs> In a previous timeline of of being involved in paganism and witchcraft, I thought it was very important, if not the most important, to understand uh, the the origins of the gods that you were working with. And I do still think that's important. If you know, if you're looking to develop a relationship with a deity, do your research, learn their tales. Um, you know, and don't just Google it and read Wikipedia, you know, like go deeper than that, especially if it's a deity you feel called to have a relationship with. You need more than the, than the Wikipedia article for a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's like reading someone's Tinder profile and, and deciding to be in a relationship without ever getting to meet them or learning anything about their history, you know? Um, and one of the interesting things about Lilith is in the, You know, as the second wave of feminism hit and in the 80s and 90s when witchcraft really started to gain in popularity, Lilith became this goddess of of sexiness and and female empowerment and, uh, and, you know, standing up to the man and all this kind of thing. And, And there is very loose evidence that that's accurate or based on any mythology, um, 
that was really worshipped. It's unlikely Lilith was a goddess that was ever really worshipped in ancient times. However, I don't think that matters anymore. Like once upon a time, I would have been like, oh, Lilith doesn't count. You shouldn't worship her. And I don't, I don't hold that belief anymore. Now I feel like, well, who has she become? If, if we can evolve as humans, why, is it, why do we assume deities can't evolve? And they evolve in their relationship with us. And this is a goddess who's evolved. So even though her origins may be different than what modern neo-pagans or, or witches who work or worship her may think, it doesn't mean who she's become to our modern idea isn't valid. It's actually probably more valid than her ancient origins at this point. If the, the egregore of Lilith, so to speak, is that she is this sexy doesn't put up with bullshit patriarchy tells it like it is and is this fierce badass woman then great let's let's celebrate that um mm-hmm. but you know um the oldest mention of Lilith is in Sumeria and the and the oldest tales the oldest tales that we have written down from any culture come from Sumeria and the goddess Inanna and in the tales of Inanna there is a a bird called the Lilitu. Um, and it's she it's basically a bird that you don't want. It's like a scary demonized bird. Um, and, and this is complicated because it's been translated into different languages. You know, it's translated from ancient Sumerian into something else and then into something else and then into English. So take this all with a grain of salt, but uh Somehow, from Samaria and this this you know demon that lives in the roots of a tree, somewhere along those lines, she also was uh, put into the Jewish faith, and in the Jewish faith, um, she was a demon. She and actually became the queen of the demons. She was as married married. I'm saying that with air quotes. She was the partner of Asmodeus, who is one of the most powerful of the demons. You know, just as there's all this hierarchy of angels, there is also a hierarchy of demons. Demons also have a very complicated job description, just like angels. They're no different, um, really. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, saying yeah, that out loud, like that just totally. <laughs> totally what? It's, yeah. Oh, it's just I oh. had a realization. Like, oh, that's right. Demons and angels are kind of the same thing. They are very. They have complicated hierarchical systems. Um, yes, they do. But the story that most people know around Lilith, and I'm, I'll stop talking in a second because now I'm getting long-winded. But the the story that most people have heard is that Lilith was the first wife of Adam, and uh, Adam was made of mud. And Lilith was made of mud, and there was a husband and wife, and they were supposed to be equal in all things. And at one point, Adam, uh, because he was created first, decided that he was superior. And when Lilith and Adam went to have sex, Adam wanted Lilith to lie underneath him because he was the superior being. And Lilith was like, no, screw you. That's not well or not screw you that's not how this works we're equals and we should lay side by side and be equals in all things Uh, and then supposedly that got her thrown out of the garden and then God was like oh geez that didn't work out so good how about we take this rib Adam and we'll make you a partner out of your rib and that's where Eve came from and everyone knows Adam and Eve and the whole complicated story with the apple and the snake and in some versions, Lilith is the snake. It's not the devil. It's Lilith as the emissary of the devil, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what most people think Lilith was the first wife of Adam and that she's this ancient Jewish goddess, but that's not actually true. It was uh, right. many years after Genesis, many years after the origins of the Bible, that someone was actually writing satire, making fun of Adam, and saying he probably couldn't even keep a woman. And Lilith was basically created as a joke character to make fun of Adam. Um, but whatever. She's from that joke. From, you know, if we think of an ancient comic strip, if that's what it was, she was born mm-hmm. and she was taken on a fierce life of her own. 
Right. Right. And I mean, there is, there is, um, how do I, there are similarities that one can find in the different, um, you know, obviously Middle Eastern, Sumeria, Babylonia, but then they even go to uh, the Etruscans and the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, there is a similar type of uh, energy there with uh, a name, Lemis, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, had, you know, basically, uh, she had no face, but she basically, you know, waited at the gates of the underworld, you know, and so she was kind of like the the guardian of the underworld area, and they kind of likened her somewhat to the, the, the aspects of the, um, what do you want to call it, the Persephone myth and, you know, all the underworld things. Mm-hmm. But then I also want to point out that Lily, Lilith, Yoni, Sex, so there's a lot of things that kind of get, um, it equates to this, it's similar to that, so it's this, it's this, it's this. so it's kind of the different cultures I see took on mm-hmm. um, this particular energy in some form in a way that represented power, female power, and female right. power being her sexuality, and not just because of right. her sex and having sex, but it was from that area that became then taken on. And, of course, we all know, and, and of course, this is going to probably be our second half all, you know, alone, is that when the budding patriarchal culture started to come in, it had to demonize. It had to make less than that power because it became the phallus that became the important thing. And so it turned, and so now you see in our present day how entrenched that particular uh, story and myth is, yeah. I mean, to the degree that, you know, uh, you she takes children, she takes, you, you put certain yeah. um, amulets near the child, especially a male child. I mean, a female child, you only have to leave it yeah. there, I think, for 14 days. And, yeah, for a, a, a male child, it's got to be like three months. And, you know, I mean, it's obvious that it's still part of this whole process, whether it's, you know, Christianity, Judaism, it's, you know, it's, I, and I'm quite sure if we wanted to go look at the Muslim faith and, you know, things like that, we could find the similarities there too. But it's a woman's sexuality and, you know, I find it interesting yeah. that the wave hit at the, the first part of the feminism and now we, you know, it's, you know, the, the saying, no, I won't take this. And the, the new wave of putting that energy out there again. So she has come back right. in another, you know, another yeah. wave in her own power. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, um, absolutely, and I think that that's um, that's important. And you know, there's a couple goddesses that are, uh, you know, the the popular mainstream, as much as something can be mainstream in paganism or witchcraft, uh, you you can see the arc of certain goddesses come in and out of fashion, um, and Lilith mm-hmm. and Aradia and the Morrigan and uh, even Hecate, like some of these darker, mysterious unknown origins, um, even a little uh, sex is all often in there. They tend to always be kind of in an undercurrent of popularity. Um, mm-hmm. And so I find it very interesting if you look at the times and what is happening and what, what is happening in the overculture, you'll see what deities are sort of rising and falling in popularity as a way of fighting against what's happening in our overculture. Uh, and, exactly. and that's what I think is, is yeah, it's part of what Lilith is all about is fighting against the status quo, fighting against, you know, even if she, even if all she is regulated to is a demon, that still is something that fights the status quo. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. it's interesting because, yeah, you been know, doing I a did a lot of research. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 go, 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 go. You, you were probably on the same line oh. I was going on, so go for it. <laughs> well, I, 
who knows? I'm about to go into a really weird place. But I've been I've been doing a lot of research about Mary Magdalene because I'm going to be teaching at this event where Mary Magdalene is the focus, and I know nothing of her, and I have no relationship to Judeo-Christian entities because I am not of that faith and never have been. So, um, you know, one of the things I find so interesting, Mary Magdalene is another one of those entities that has taken on a life of her own and her story has been magnified into something that it probably wasn't in its origins. And one of the things I'm learning as I'm reading these books, both fictional and historical, is some of the origins of the Jewish faith and how many prohibitions and taboos and like being clean and being unclean is such a big deal. Um, and, and a lot of things related to women are considered unclean. Menstruation is unclean. There's all these timelines of when women are considered unclean and there it's, um, it's oppressive. It's just complain oppressive Mm -hmm. and to have a, a, a a character of your mythology who fights against that. Of course, she's going to be called demon. Of course, how Mm -hmm. you can't be more unclean than a demon. That's true, and they and they portray it as that. And yes, I will say the other part of Lilith, who is the dark side, is the dark feminine. It's when mm-hmm. you've been, when that has been crossed, a line has been crossed. Just like, okay, let's get real. You've got the different gods. Okay, we'll say Zeus. Zeus gets pissed off at somebody. He throws a lightning bolt at him, or he does, you know, he, he condemns them to some oh, yeah. horrible, you know, uh, a thing that will live, he like the liver gets taken out and he has to live that way and it's, you know, Prometheus. But a female right. deity that has that power and that darkness, of course, is freaking scary, scarier than a guy because I think it's, you know, there's probably a power that is beyond the understanding. I mean, the sky power is one thing. The earth power is another. We sit, we walk on earth, okay? So if she starts to rumble and throw lava up and, you know, break open the earth Mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff, you know, it's kind of like, oh, my God, we're walking on us. We're going to, you know, whereas a lightning bolt, yeah, it's scary, but you're going to be able to dodge it or at least find a way to get away from, you know, by a quote going underground, (laughs) Um, to solve your problem, but I found it just amazing that in this instance, yes, she is so powerful, and mm-hmm. that power is dark. It's the dark feminine, and I'm not talking about they, they want to equate it with Asmodeus and demons and all that, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's still intense. And for those of us who have experienced that in our lives in some form, really been part of the dark goddess in some part of our world, whether it's, you know, a relationship or something where we, you know, just exploded over. Um, It is both exciting and terrifying. And that's coming from a place of being a female experiencing and putting that forth. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's, you know, it's not all warm and fuzzies, but, um, and both of us know, quite honestly, that a woman scorned in magical principles goes for the, the, the core issue of the scrotum or, you know, whatever it is, they're going to go after it. And more than one time, both of you and I have had clients who have had that. Right intensity and you know gone in a direction that we are trying to you know not necessarily steer them away from but bring some kind of balance back but yeah very intense and yet sometimes very much needed in I think a bigger sense than a more personal sense right yeah so anyway we might want to quickly take our little short but adorable commercial break. Yes. Let's take a quick break and then we'll talk more about Lilith. Lilith. Yeah. Be right back. Ready. Okay.
from many different countries, but I think most people would be familiar with it in connection to the Fae, is you don't tell mm-hmm. a Fae being your true name. Uh, and, the, and your true name is very complicated depending on your background and or the, the place that you're referring to, the folk legends. And, you know, in some places, your true name is not the name that everyone knows you by. It's a whole other name, your heart's name or, a, you know, your, the name you, you're called to the gods. But knowing someone's true name gives you power over them. It's a uh, it's secret. It's a secret word. And, uh, and that's true even now. If someone knows your true name, your full name, and they decide to do spell work on you, that name gives them access to some of your energy, right? And we, our names are on our social media. Our names are everywhere. But it is pretty um, interesting how we just throw our names about because for the hundreds of years giving someone access to your name was a pretty big deal it was uh, not something that you took lightly you know and the um one of the things about about my book what is remembered lives is there are nine different deities that i i write about and i share a little bit of culture and context and i write a story and then there's a ritual and the story for some of these gods is my own version of the story because some of the deities that I write about don't have any story or their story is um, not based on historical context or their story has been changed or adjusted over time. And so Lilith is one of the deities where I actually worked with her to create a story that she wanted told. So with each of the gods in my book, I took a lot of time to work with them to do ritual with them, to connect with them, and to ask them how they wanted their story told. So 
Lilith's tale is the tale that she shared with me that she wanted written. And it's different. It's, you know, it's an amalgamation, I guess, of other versions and other things and other stories out there. But, you know, in the, you would imagine being in, in the Garden of Eden, you would be happy. Like everything is there and provided for you. You have no shame. You can just lounge about naked and enjoy the warmth and eat all the things that you want to eat. And yet it's a garden. It's enclosed. There is something outside of that garden. And whether it's her curiosity that got the better of her or desire for something bigger or realizing that she didn't want to be caged, it's a beautiful gilded cage, but it's still a cage. She Mm -hmm. made a choice to break her her agreement and was then struck out and sent out, uh, you know, where Adam and Eve were punished and their punishment was that they had to be embarrassed about being naked. They had to leave the garden of Eden and poor Eve had to have menstruation and painful childbirth. That was her punishment, right? Lilith's punishment was to just be banished and she had to figure Uh it out on her own. And she became a demon because of that banishment, you know? So I, I had a lot of fun working with Lilith and kind of hearing through her how she wanted to be talked about and how she wanted to show up and, and her, you know, version, her version through me. Like, it's hard to say that this is her version. I don't pretend to be the voice of Lilith, but this was what came from our relationship and working together. Right. Well, and it is, it's definitely a very powerful one. So, um, in terms of, you know, your work, I think it is uh, well done. And uh, she comes across with her own, say, her own being as opposed to something that has been, you know, like, okay, we'll take a little of this and a little of that and a little of this and throw it all together. Um, It's interesting. We were talking about demons. And you know that in the Kabbalah, the tree of life is one side and the... Mm -hmm. uh, I can never remember it, but it's Quelf. It's 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 probably it starts with a Q, and obviously I'm not a scholar, so we'll just have to bear with my lack of knowledge. Yeah, I don't know how to but it is the reverse. It. Yeah, yeah, it is the reverse, yeah. and being the reverse, it has each one of the ones above of the Sephira. They have the dark version. Right. So uh, that yep. hierarchical and structure exists as much below as above, and of course the old adage in esoteric magic is as above, so below, as below, so above, um, mm-hmm. it is, you know, a, a point of reference. So um, I see this as like a coordination, you know, of the night and the day. And, yeah, I know that we, you know, the dark has got all the negative evil things and they kind of make all the good you know, wonderful things above, but um, it's Lilith is the power structure of the feminine under that in that space. And um, it's funny when you're talking about demons and, and their hierarchical process. Um, it started out as a regular show on television. Netflix picked it up, and I think it's just on its actual last season that Netflix is going to do it. It's Lucifer, and it's a fascinating take on the dark, <laughs> the demons. And yeah. they even actually, they didn't bring Lilith in specifically. They mentioned her several times, but they did bring in Eve. And it was an interesting mm. grouping of how they brought Eve in and how the character, you know, has evolved in the, the thing. And I think our, the creativeness of our uh, industries out there are looking at things and bringing stuff forward. Sometimes it's a little off, and sometimes you know you kind of go, "How could they possibly, you know, pull that one off?" But they do actually look at some things that are less black and white. Like this is the way it is, and that's it. I mean, forget about it. Um, you're damned. <laughs> you're going to go there. And I, I was, you know, I've been watching that part of the creativity of how gods and goddesses and demons and and all that are coming about. Now, Lilith hasn't been written about specifically that I know of 
in a show or a movie where they've brought that out. I don't know. Do you know? Of another show? Well, in a way that she has been brought to bear in terms of another version than the standard one that they want to portray through her, the myths that are now prevalent through the, mm-hmm. the various religions. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know of a particular no, show or no, movie I mean, I know or she's anything. Been, right. I've seen her in a few different, like, modern shows, but she's usually evil. Mhm. Mhm. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen better. her not be portrayed as evil. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, I that's think it just keeps everybody her culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, so, but it's all about the the and they usually the daughters of Lilith are hag. Was it called night hags? A lot of times they are they are portrayed mm-hmm. as, as night hags, along with I guess equating them to the uh, daughters, technically the daughters of Hakate, but you know the daughters of the night, um, that kind of thing, right. and they kind of work with um, bringing in the energy. I think of the vampiric energy, the the idea of the, the succubus and the you know the incubus, right? And of that sucking life out of yeah humans, yeah. Well, and a lot of the story around her from from the Jewish faith, when she is a full demon, when you know, as the as the partner of Asmodeus, she is a succubus, and part of it was like, you know, if you had, if a man had a wet dream, that was Lilith, and that was considered unclean, right? So imagine all these young boys who think they're being attacked by a demon in their sleep, right? Uh, and that right. she would feel the semen from men when they were sleeping in order to give birth to demons. But, you know, that's, that's her, what she's been regulated to. Like she has nothing yeah. better to do. <laughs> I know. Like, gee, gosh, golly, I'll just hang around every guy's wet dream and, you know, grab all of that. It's just like, Oh my goodness, really? Okay. But, you know, I know that we're simplifying it. We're, 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 we are making it, we're making, I don't want to say light of it in that sense, but in truth it is because it's making light of a feminine power, you know. I mean, right. yeah, whether exactly. or not we, you know, a, a man has a desire, and that desire isn't just about procreation, though I know it's been relegated to the concept of that, but if you think about it, if the only thing that any of this is good for is procreation, we are no better than the animals that live in the world out there, that means, you know, they've made us less than instead of created this fact that we are actually the divine spark and we are divinity unto itself mm-hmm. embodied in a body that is out there, which is ultimately what I believe the concept of the feminist movement in the in the pagan traditions, in Wicca, witchcraft, in all of what has happened is that they move that to that side rather than keeping it in the dark as a as a a small thing. Um, right. It made it changed, and I I think we need that more so now in another level. I mean, kind of like we've right. got the, the spiral of existence here, and it is being challenged again, and. Um, I know that sometimes it gets overdone in the media, like, oh, it's another person saying so-and-so groped her, and oh, my God, and it's just another one of those. It doesn't matter. It's um, Yes, it makes it hard for people to interact, because in the past it's been easy. You just made fun of this, or you did that, or you, you know, whatever. But now they're trying to revision it, and so I think that, with the concept yeah. of Lilith, I think that has become important. It's not evil or bad. It's important because women and their own sexuality and how it functions in the world and how our power functions in the world is really important. And at this point, we're, I don't 
consider it doomsday. I think it's just we're we're shedding another layer of the garbage, and that always presents uncomfortable experiences for all of us. So, right. That's my yeah. take on it. So anything yeah. that you want to spout about, because I've been doing a good job here babbling along. <laughs> you know, the only thing I would say is, is, you know, just to jump off what you were just talking about is, is if, if someone is, anytime we talk about God's, you know, there's always the little caveat in the about approaching a God. And, and as I said at the beginning of this conversation, it's a good idea to do some research, to study, to read what other people's experiences have been, and to read it all with a grain of salt. There's a lot of satanic writings on Lilith. Uh, and mm-hmm. when I was researching for the book, I found a lot of satanic writings on Lilith. And honestly, I found them just as bothersome as some of the Christian and Jewish writings on Lilith because they are trying to take from her. Um, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. Satanism is about doing what, doing whatever you want, gaining power in whatever way that looks. And it, it, a lot of the work with Lilith was about, you know, how do I get Lilith to have sex with me? How do I get Lilith to bring me people to have sex with? Uh, it just it, a lot of what I not all of it. Not I want to be clear. Not all of it. I'm not lumping all the Satanism together. But a lot of what I read felt like using her for sex in some way, shape, or form. And to me, that's gross. Um, but mm-hmm. read some of that because it, it, there is valuable information within it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and proceed with caution. You know, Lilith is one of those goddesses that is not kind and gentle and patient. Uh, and that is based on her origins and her modern worshipers. You know, she can be a little harsh. She can be a little... Um, swift in her judgment and so this is you know there's there are plenty of goddesses out there where I'm like oh sure just go for it but there are some goddesses where I'm like well make sure you know what you're getting yourself into this you know this isn't a soft cuddly goddess this isn't Bridget this isn't um, you know one of those deities that's that all are welcome well that's just a little bit more discerning Uh, and if you find yourself needing to step more into your power if you find that you have sexual trauma and you need help in healing it and you need that to be uh, that you need that to help you push your edges, not to be like a comforting place where you can be held. Uh, you know, if you are looking to get bigger, like if you, if you want to grow and step up and take up more space, Lilith is an excellent goddess for those things. Um and learn what you can and, and and then start to open the door and experience it with um, with your own, you know, go on trans journeys to a place where you have the opportunity to meet her. Um, yeah, but I think that I think that she's an interesting goddess to to be gaining power and energy right now. Um, especially as, you know, there, there was a second wave of feminism where we really did need that powerful feminine voice. And now feminism is in a, another wave where we're looking at, at the constructs of gender completely and whether those are necessary constructs and how, how does all of that fit in and how do women still step up and be treated as equals and make sure that all of those people who are non-binary or gender non-conforming or trans, and how do we make sure that those people are also getting their voices heard and that we are all being treated equally? You know, equality mm-hmm. isn't just men and women. Equality is all of us. Uh, and I think that Lilith is an excellent goddess for that. Um, mm-hmm. She isn't just about female empowerment. That is the story of Adam and and Lilith that is not really based on mythology that's based on on um, satire so what's the next level how does Lilith step up for our non-binary friends you know right which is excellent that's an excellent statement interesting and this kind of leads me into another my background of course having been theater and, and film and things but one of the things I did want to share is there is a TV show that was made by through the Canadian um, uh, media called Lost Girl. Yeah. And character yeah. is a succubus, and her mother is Lilith, and at some point they bring her on. But she is basically 
she works with both male and female. She has lovers of that nature. Yeah. And it, it really it took the the aspect that we're talking about, which, you know, would go to non binary points of reference and, and open things up to the level of show an actual experience to bring out into the world and have people participate watching and and being a part of this exploration of a new dynamic and um i was really uh pleased and happy when i found the show and and started watching it and you know there's just there are so many things that are coming in for this that maybe Lilith isn't Lilith, but there is the energies of what she is a part of, what she, what her energies are, are bringing forth these other aspects of creativity to to look at and to try to work. How do we bring this into our culture now? We, you know, instead of relegating it to the closet or shaming it or creating something that it's evil and thus, you know, bad, et cetera, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the concept of either or, um, I feel is coming forward in so many different ways and that this energy of Lilith is, is permeating things that is in the, in the way of doing it, not necessarily um, directly, but I think it's happening right. and by virtue of that. It's moving her deity aspect, Lilith goddess, into a different form than where it's been. And, again, every one of the deities we talk about, they have a history, yes, whatever that history may be. But now is another time where shifts and changes are. And how do you, um, how does this fit in now with what we're doing rather than, um my way or the highway consciousness, because that isn't really going to work very much longer as we are seeing in many, many areas um, of the world and our culture. Right. Yeah. Yeah, everything's continuing to progress and change. And in my my opinion is that the, the spirits and the entities and the gods that we work with, they will continue to grow and progress with us. You know, they're, if we're going to evolve, they're going to evolve too. And so it's interesting to me to see how, you know, paganism really, modern paganism, modern witchcraft, modern, I'm using that word intentionally, is not even really a hundred, maybe, maybe just about a hundred years old, you know, just about a hundred years old at this point. So it's mm-hmm. it's interesting to see how these gods are are they're, the way they are worshipped and the way they show up. It changes and mm-hmm. it's going to continue to change. And a hundred years from now, Lilith may have a completely different job description. You know, if we think about it that way. Yeah, uh, and I think it's yeah. well, and I do too. And and that, I mean. If we're going to take anything of where we are, we are constantly, you know, technology, the way we see the universe, the way our medical fields have gone, um, different things. They've all progressed from one layer to another of of these different models and coming out and, and growing. And that's mm-hmm. the beauty of what we have as a living religion, a living belief system, a living practice. The word living is about evolving and moving and continually progressing in a manner that is, you know, life positive and life enhancing. Um, Yes, we do have destruction. Um, Our body decays and wears out. Our world decays and, and Trees die and things happen, and we don't like that. And obviously, that's very scary. Uh, yeah. But that's part of her. You know, she is part of a destructive force. But without the destructive mm-hmm. force, we can't have the constructive force, the life force that grows. Right. So, yeah. I would say we're we're learning to live in this this constantly moving process and she is very much uh it's interesting I was saying to my friend 
who's our, our quiet participant of audience tonight, um, that I started doing this, this work on, on Lilith, and I suddenly, there were some things that have happened in my more recent past, I suddenly got this like, oh, my God, I really feel I want to do this. You know, not in a, in a really, you know, like destructive, but in this sort of like you did this with disrespect, you know, and it, it's kind yeah. of weird. I, I kind of, I said, I feel like the, the magma underneath in the earth getting ready to bubble out and kind of, you know, ex- I don't want to say explode in, a, in that manner, but, you know, push that forth and say no more. And I think that's a power, especially women, have a hard time with yeah. because of all the, the decades and millennia of conditioning that we are trying to uh, shake off. But it is, yeah. um, it's there and it was very, I was going, oh, look at what's happening. So, you, you know, even just reading and writing about her or, or connecting with her energy, it isn't, I think it has a power. And I was really right. was very happy that I connected with it. I thought we, you know, when we chose this deity for this particular topic and, and time, I was like, oh, well, okay, we'll see what this comes out. Didn't realize it was going to get that personal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a so. danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, there's no bod- dead bodies in the wake. There's no psychic problems or anything it was just it was just an energy that started moving and I was like wow that's what it is okay which is probably why I went to the gym and did cardio so re recondition or repurpose it into something else for the moment but um nice so do we have any closing statements do you have anything closing statements about Lilith or the power that she has or anything no, I think we covered it. I mean, definitely, you know, here here we go, shameless plug. Definitely pick up my book, What is Remembered Lives, if you want to read more <laughs> about Lilith and, and the other gods that I deemed as necessary. And there's actually, um, I want to uh, plug, actually, let me back up for a second. Um, there is a poem that I um, got permission to use for Lilith in my book by Elisa, Alicia Foster Scales. And it's really beautiful. Uh, do you mind if I read it really quick? It's short. But please, she wrote, please she, go, go for it. Uh, yeah, she actually, this is just an excerpt of the poem. She has some poems that she's written for Lilith and for Persephone and some other deities, and they're freaking beautiful. And she gave me permission to use this one little piece. So here, here's her poem, Poem to Lilith. What they don't tell you is how long I was there before I choose, chose to flee. How long I dwelt in glass-eyed bliss among the grasses. How long I followed their rules. Because I had known nothing else. Ignorance breeds complacency, you see. What they don't tell you is that I knew what I was giving up. I was aware of what it would mean to leave. They don't tell you that I agonized, faltered, retreated, and rose again. Mm, So that's her little excerpt. I love it. Yeah. Yes, and that is a beautiful ending for this particular deity story that we have brought yeah. forth. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Well, well, that's that. In terms of our, yeah, we have we have concluded our moment with Lilith, which is just that. Even yeah. though it was our hour, it was a moment. And our next live show on next Friday will be on gratitude as mm-hmm. we come close. To the um, Thanksgiving is a holiday that kind of became made up in one sense, but yeah. and I say that because we, as a as our own tradition, say is that we've already gone through our, our harvest time thankfulness and gratitude. Right. So, um, we're so it's kind of a combination, but it's still a time to be, you know, grateful for what we have yeah. and all. So we will be talking about yeah. that in all kinds of ways. Yes, gratitude and, is uh, a powerful practice. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, yeah. 
one that I think we should be more aware of these days, especially with the things that we are so often seeing as lack and loss. Sometimes we forget the other side of what we still have. But on that note, I guess we will all meet again next week. And uh, have a good week. Have a good one. Yay. Take care. All right, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.